Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with some music while we allow people to join us online. Um, it's Lisa Page Brooks. I want to say thank you. So it's a good reason to say thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Dewan Elizabeth, good morning. And I think congratulations are in order as well, too. God bless you. Amen. That's right, Juwan and James. Congratulations. Amen. 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 A lot of reasons to say thank you. Amen. things that the Lord has done for us. Amen. Good morning, Jackie. See this? <laughs> Good morning. Sometimes I feel like making a couple of cups of coffee. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Probably a good question, but there's always something to be thankful for. Are you thankful this morning? Amen? Thankful for good health? Thankful for just being able to move around, to function? <laughs> something to be thankful for. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Brother Roscoe, good morning.
Lisa Page Brooks, I want to say thank you. Amen. 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 He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Okay. We'll end it there. That's Lisa Page Brooks. I want to say thank you. That's uh, music for this morning. And uh, just a, a note for Arlen, we're still on the air. <laughs> so uh, just keeping those things in mind. So it's all good. So everything's fine. I didn't want to scare you. I wasn't trying to do that. Okay. So uh, we thank you for being here this morning for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We have um, a couple of announcements to make just to make sure that we are on point with uh, uh, items uh, for right now. First of all, uh, Pastor Gus does have a message available online after uh, Sunday School on the same timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. His message is on the conviction of one sin. It is a continuation of his messages on the Holy Spirit. Um, he will also be delivering that message live in church. So if you're in Akron, Ohio, come on through. We would look, love to have you. Uh, love to see you in about another hour or so from now. So uh, but anyway, he will have a message for those of you who are not able to come to church online here on this timeline. And that message will be available immediately following Sunday school. And we are ready to go, by the way. We have been testing uh, the aspect of doing our worship services and messages live as well, too. And we have been tinkering around with that for a little while now. But it looks like we're very, very close to the uh, the launch of doing so. We have already put that information out on our Akron Alliance Facebook page as well as our website. So we welcome anyone who is not able to come to Akron and to come to church. You can look us up online and see our worship service, which the issue has always been about sound quality more than anything else. Uh, the picture is usually pretty good, but it's just the sound quality. When you have a big building and you've got acoustical issues, so... Um, the reason why you can hear me right now is because I have a microphone on <laughs> that goes right to my device. Otherwise, I would sound like I was uh, in a tunnel someplace. So this is a very good addition that we have. These are things that we're doing to make sure that we have good sound quality all the way down the line. Um, so we look forward to seeing it launch, and we would welcome you to join us uh, online as well, too. Uh, for those of you in Akron, though, come to church. Amen? Uh, don't, <laughs> don't neglect gathering together in fellowship with us. We, we do welcome that, and we appreciate you doing that as well, too. And if you're online, if, you, if you're looking at us online, let us know. Give us some likes and comments as well so we know who's watching. Amen? And provide feedback on the sound as well, too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We have the uh, responsibility to continue to make sure that we're giving to our church. And, and uh, if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please do so. Akron Alliance Fellowship. 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And, of course, if you're coming to church, we have a drop box for your tithes and offerings in the lobby in the front uh, entrance to the church, or the side entrance to the church where we are here. But please remember those. We still need to take care of our responsibilities here. In addition to any benevolent requests, we still have to pay the bills. Got to still pay the utilities. That's pretty important to be able to do that. We, we appreciate everyone uh, considering how much they can give in prayer, and we appreciate that very much. Indeed, uh, God uh, made great sacrifices for us when we're talking about saying thank you and just following up from that, that message of that song there. He did so much for us, and I think that it's really important for everybody who is in church to recognize the importance of God's love for his people. He loves us before we even knew what love was, and I think that that's where we have to camp out. When we look at this particular Sunday school lesson, we're going to see uh, how much God truly loves us about what he, is, what he has done and, and what he is going to continue to do. And that lesson is John chapter 5, verses 18, uh, verses 18 through 29. So we're going to be going into the Sunday school lesson and looking at this study. Now, just to give some uh, guidelines here as far as where we are in this conversation, you'll remember that we, we kind of left off in 
uh, at the end of uh, verse 17 last week. And I'll, I'll just read that really quick because that gives some context. Because when the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was equating himself um, because of what he had done where the, the man who was lame was walking and picked up his mat and got up and started walking, they were criticizing not anything other than the fact that the man was carrying his mat. Um, and the Pharisees were saying that this was a violation of the Sabbath. And keep in mind that it was their, viol- their in their words, it was a violation of the Sabbath. It wasn't anything that Jesus had said. They had added this to the law and made this uh, a way, frankly, just to restrict people or keep people pinned down um, as, as being some sort of uh, unholy or or not doing what they were supposed, what he, he or she was supposed to do when it came to their religious practice. And Jesus uh, gave a response to them in verse 17 of John chapter 5. Jesus responded to them, My Father is still working and I am working also. And so that's where we're going to pick up after that particular passage and in, in starting in verse 18. But I wanted to give the context of what he was doing there was he was equating himself to God based upon the fact that he was saying he was like the Father. And that, of course, was a um, something that was very threatening to the Pharisees as well, too. And they didn't appreciate that. They basically said, we're going to get rid of this guy because he is now uh, making himself more and more popular. Remember, a lot of time had gone by. People knew who Jesus was, but his popularity was gaining. And if anything, people were questioning the Pharisees more and more about what they were doing. And so now we're going to look at the passage John chapter 5, verses 18 through 29. Let's go ahead and look to the word of prayer uh, with a word of prayer, and we will get started. Father, we are just so thankful to be here to just go over your word. And Lord, we pray now that the Spirit indeed, uh, the Spirit indeed speaks, the Spirit enlightens, the Spirit provides wisdom and knowledge. We thank you, O Lord, for your presence this morning. We thank you for this uh, group here in this amidst this audience here that, Lord, they want to hear from you. And, Lord, we all want to hear from you. And not anything clever or special from from my words, but your words indeed, Lord. That's what we want. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 5. Let's look at verses 18 through 29. Let's read through this. Now, this is where probably... Of course, we've been noting that John has been noting that he's been proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah all along. But now we've got a situation where we're looking at the Pharisees being challenged here. And the dialogue that takes place in this passage is dialogue for everyone to hear. And that's something that we want to make very clear. Now, the Pharisees are not going to probably listen very well to this. But this dialogue is for us. We need to understand that Jesus is giving us very important information here. Um, and I want to give a shout out. Ronnie, good morning. How you doing? Uh, thanks for being here this morning as well. And Lisa, good morning. Um, we have um, Jesus doing much of the dialogue here, but John chapter 5, verse 18 starts out with what is really going to be the key issue here for this passage. Jesus making himself equal with God. So let's start reading John chapter 5, verse 18. Uh, I'm in, pardon me, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. Once again, just a quick note, the Sabbath was broken not because of what Jesus said, it's because the Pharisees said that. That needs to be made clear. This is their motivation and their reason for wanting to get rid of Jesus. So let's start with verse 19 now. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly, then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. 
In addition, I read the wrong verse. Sorry about that. Verse 22. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge. Verse 23. So that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Verse 25, And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Verse 28, don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will, con will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Okay. That's verses 18 through 29 in John chapter 5. And we have now this declaration that Jesus is essentially making to uh, the Pharisees, anybody who's present, that he is indeed, does indeed have the authority. The authority was given to him by God the Father. And so that's what we need to recognize here. And of course, we need to always come back and look at the fact that Jesus was indeed being obedient to the Father. He is there. He knows his purpose. One of the things that we've always talked about, um, I think off and on over the years, is that it's really important for you to know what your life purpose is. It's important for you to know what you're called to do, what God would have you to do. And that includes everyone who's, um, well, we'll say the senior citizens, amen, uh, the ones who are older and just because you are a senior citizen and just because you are uh, so-called retired, it doesn't mean that you still don't have a purpose for God. You still have a life purpose that you're fulfilling for God. And of course, what you discover, there are some things that you used to be able to do in life that you can't do anymore. Amen? As you get older, there are certain things you can't do. One of the things, all right, I'll give you a perfect example. One of the things I used to be able to do when I was roller skating a long time ago, was I could do drops. I could actually skate and do drops. Not just do drops going forward, but drops going backward too at the same time. Well, not the same time, but I'd flip around and... Well, guess what? I can't do that anymore. <laughs> that was a young man's uh, way of doing things, right? And I used to do it really well too. That was one of the things I could do. I wasn't very good at anything else, but I could do drops. Well, when we get to be a certain age, there are certain things that you just can't do anymore. And you recognize that because your body will not allow you to do those things. You could try them, but usually it's going to be met with a disaster of some sort uh, if you try to do those things, right? Like getting up on a ladder. There are certain things. I, getting up on a ladder now for me is not, uh, not the easiest thing where before I could get up on a ladder, no big deal. But now, like, you know, your knees start knocking, your legs start shaking, you feel like you can't keep your balance. Well... That doesn't mean that your life purpose, your life purpose may change within that for what God would have you to do. There are certain things you can't do, but there are a lot of things that you still can do. One of the things that's most important that I tell people at, uh, uh, when I go do my Bible study at the assisted living facility, there's a couple things you can do. You can pray for other people and you can witness. You can pray and you can witness. And you can speak about God's goodness uh, every time that you have an opportunity. And that is part of your life purpose. Your life purpose is to glorify God. And that's what we always have to come back to. Now, how we go about that, how we do those things, that's up for discussion. Um, and we have those assessments made all the time. But Jesus, we identify with Jesus because Jesus lived in the manner that God wanted him to live. He was obedient to the Father. That's why I said all of that to say this, that Jesus is showing us the model for us. Be obedient to the Father. Be obedient to God. Now, as we identify with Jesus, as we learn more and more about him, we want to honor him and live in the same manner that he was living for the Father as well, too. He wants us to live a certain way. 
He wants us to do certain things when it comes to ministry. So we've all heard the terminology, what would Jesus do? Now that kind of died out. It hasn't been talked about as much, right? But it's a very accurate question to ask. What would Jesus do in certain situations? Would you go with what the crowd goes with or would you do what Jesus wants you to do? And, and that's very important for us to see. Knowing how Jesus was obedient to the Father helps us to make the best choices, the right choices, the right decisions, the ways that we should be living as individuals. And so I hope that you can recognize that. That's what, that's what Jesus is saying in verse 19, John chapter 5. I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And why does he say that? Because there's a love involved. There's a love relationship between the Father and the Son that we need to recognize. There's a, there's a reverence that's taking place. Look at verse 20 again. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man, the man who was healed by the pool. Uh, then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. Now that statement may have blown away the Pharisees because he truly is now making a statement that he says, yes, God the Father gives life, but guess what? The Son does the same thing. He is making that comparison that he indeed the Father, he and the Father are one, he doesn't say it in that particular way. He will be saying that later on if you read in John chapter, in the book of John. And then verse 22, In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge so that everyone who will honor the Son just as they honor the Father, anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. So we've got some declarations being made here if you look very carefully in this passage, of course, the healing declaration is made too and that there will be even greater works than that healing that are going to take place. Another declaration that Jesus is making here is about giving life, giving life to anyone that he desires. He's a life giver. And he also makes the declaration as well too that he has the authority to judge. So all of those things are being declared now. Now, Interestingly enough, if you listen very carefully to Pastor Gus's message about the Holy Spirit, he's mentioning these very things when he's talking about the authority of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit gives us for information. Is this any more confirmation that you really need that when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all three individual persons with different personalities, but they all are of one accord. They all operate in the same manner, with the same purpose, with the same way of doing things. When, when God says that not one of his words will be lost, he means that. He is going to fulfill exactly what he is saying in Scripture, and that's what we want to recognize here. And I think it's fair to read one, uh, verse 24 in John chapter 5 one more time real quick. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Now, we can say this is an additional declaration, but we have to understand that we, we serve an eternal God. He has an eternal purpose, and we will have eternal life if we just listen to him and believe in him. Have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Listening to my message and believe in God. And that's how does that take place when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. That's what has to take place. Everybody understands in this room what that means about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And the moment you accept Christ, that's when you will have eternal life with the Father. Uh, let's take a look at this new life that takes place as well too. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And just for the sake of discussion, for this should be a memory verse. 
I know that I'm being uh, called upon to make this a memory verse as well, too, because it's a verse you've seen before, but it's good to know where it comes from. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, any, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. There literally was a change the moment that you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. There was literally a change that took place. You made the decision to trust in Jesus and he immediately grants you eternal life. And that's forever and ever. And I love how Billy Graham, I think, said it. I'm going to be alive for a billion years. And it's just beginning. Even with that. That's really interesting what he said. Um, But that's what we mean by eternal life. And we have to understand that uh, it is a completed transaction. Jesus has paid the penalty already for our sin. He was just waiting for us to acknowledge him. He's already taken care of the penalty. So when you ask for forgiveness for sin, it's granted immediately. When you ask the Lord to help you get through a situation that's hard to get through, he will help you with that immediately because you have that fellowship with him. And that's really important for us to see how God has given us this. You will still face physical death, but when Christ returns again, your body will be resurrected to live forever. Now, if you read through, your homework would be to read through 1 Corinthians 15 because we can't cover all of that. But that gives you information about Uh, what God will do as far as a promise to you uh, in 1 Corinthians 15. Just read through all of that on your own, but that's going to give you clarity. It's a resurrection uh, chapter. It's all about the resurrection. Resurrection being essential to the faith. He talks about the resurrection pretty much the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15. And so that's what we are looking forward to, and that's a great homework assignment for you. 1 Corinthians 15. You'll You'll get through it. It's an easy assignment, I promise you. So, but that's something that we need to see, that your body is going to be resurrected to live forever. Forever. That's what we're looking forward to. We don't want these bodies that we have to live forever. This would be, we would, that would be like we're being shortchanged. We need better bodies, amen? We want the bodies that God promises us. Back to verse 25 in John chapter 5. In saying that, uh, pardon me, And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Now, what's going on in the background? I just want to use my imagination here. When the Pharisees are hearing this, they are going out of their minds. You you know they are. I mean, they absolutely are going out of their minds. Because Jesus is telling them right then and there, look, I'm the one who hears all these things. I'm the one that can do all these things. I'm the one who's uh, making making it very clear. And Jesus is referring to, for our discussion, the spiritually dead. The spiritually dead who hear, understand, and accept him. He's not talking about the dead people. The Pharisees are probably making that conclusion that he's talking about dead people, but he's referring to the spiritually dead. Before we became believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? We were spiritually dead. We did not have life. We had a lot of questions were going on in my life before I became a believer. Like, is this what life is all about? What is going on with this life? Where am I going? I feel like I'm floundering. You know, that's what the Spirit, when the Spirit keeps bothering you and bugging you about this stuff, that's what He does. He makes you think about what you're doing is not all that. It's not as much as what you think it is. And so that's what the Spirit is doing. Jesus hears understands, recognizes those who are calling out to him. And he is ready to respond. And that's what we want to remember here. And if you just make the gesture to go out and go after Jesus Christ, he will come to you. He will respond to you. A lot of people say that they follow God. But Following God is not sufficient on its own. 
Yeah, we can follow up anybody. We follow people online. We follow people like Taylor Swift, you know, online, like whatever. That's not doing anything. That's not making a difference. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what we're recognizing here. The relationship begins when we, who are spiritually dead, accept Him in our life. Accept Him. Make Him Lord in our life. We trust Him rather than trusting who? Ourselves. We trust in Him rather than trusting in ourselves. Before we were believers in Jesus Christ, who were we trusting? Ourselves. We were trusting that the life that we were living was good enough or whatever. We thought it was good enough. We recognize, we, we put up against what we have done versus the standards of Jesus Christ. We recognize we weren't doing anything good. There was nothing good happening. And we want to recognize that Jesus is the one who has to give us this eternal life. Those who accept Jesus will have eternal life. Those who trust in the Word, the words on the paper about believing in Jesus Christ and making the declaration with your mouth, you will be born again. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. So we recognize that. Jesus was also talking about the physical dead. He raised several dead people while he was on earth. And his second coming, the Christians who have died will rise to meet him. We remember that where that is, don't we? Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now you notice that it's really important for us to, of course, always stay scriptural when we have these Sunday school lessons and when we hear sermons and messages. Well, why do we do this when it comes to searching scriptures? Because we want to see the consistency of God and the goodness of God in his word that he keeps all of these promises. And of course, this is prophecy for the future. Verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself would ascend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And let's add verse 17. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. In a world that we're living in today, we need a lot of encouragement. There is a lot of encouragement needed because if you really pay attention to what's going on in the world today, you would think we were going to fall into an abyss somewhere. Um, and it's going to get worse. And we need to understand that Jesus is in control. We say this over and over again because we have to say it's in, he's in control. He is indeed in control. We're not just saying it to make people feel better, but he is not. The things that are happening in this world are things that have been prophesied, things that he has talked about, things that he has said to warn us. He has given us information to help us through these difficult times. So he's recognizing Go, when you go back to Matthew chapter 24 and look at what happens, he's prophesied about the fall of the, the temple, the destruction of the temple in AD 70, but he's also talking about the end times here that we're in today. To recognize that these things are going to happen and perhaps we can say even happen again because a lot happened around that time when the, the temple was destroyed in AD 70. And we remember there was huge persecution that took place by the Romans, the Roman emperors. And, and, and Nero wasn't the worst one. There were, there were many others that were after him that were also involved with persecution. Is there not persecution taking place here today? Now, we live in an age of grace. You know what? We've been getting off easy in the United States. We've been getting off easy. But there's persecution worldwide in different countries. If you, you maybe even get with some of our alliance brothers and sisters, they're not too far removed from places where people are being killed for their faith, jailed for their faith, martyred for their faith. That's very, very true today. We are in these times where, and you know, and this has always been taking place. Let's not get, let's not think that you know the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> that people usually talk about after the Depression taking place. Yes, that was a time of partying and celebration, but guess what? 
there was still persecution taking place even that time. We just don't hear about it. Didn't hear a lot about it. There's always been persecution taking place. I wasn't alive during the Roaring Twenties, but I'm a, I read a little bit of history and I understand that was a time of celebration for a lot of people. And we recognize that persecution has always been taking place. And of course, when there's persecution, we know that it's not about what the person is saying. It's about opposition to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to see how Christians will meet with the Lord. He, the Lord knows who those people are. He knows who we are. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have it made. You're all taken care of. And I will repeat the same thing that I've repeated to even the people at my Bible study uh, at the assisted living facility. Pray for the people who care for you. Pray for them to experience the goodness of Christ. That's the power that you have as individuals. Pray for the relatives in your family who do not know the Lord. Now, these individuals are in Forest Hills Place for a reason. They don't have, you know, they, they will get lost if they get out. But they have enough wherewithal to know what prayer is, and they remember the Word, and they remember what they've been taught. Because God has been gracious enough to give them that ability to do those things. And that power that they have in prayer, I can't stress enough how important prayer is. We need to do a more or a better job of praying as a people. And praying continually. And when I say praying continually, yes, every day, all day long, and maybe for years, if you want to see an outcome. Because that's what you have to do. How fast has time gone by since 2019? Well, we're now in 2022, getting ready to go into 2023. So we're at almost two years removed from a pandemic. Look how fast time has gone by. And look how important it is for you to be praying that entire time. Because here you are. You're still here. You have the ability to do a number of things, but... We've got to make sure that we're staying in prayer and staying focused on what the Lord would have us to do. Look at what else Jesus says in his communication here about his authority. Verse, go back to John chapter 5, verse 26. The Father has life in himself and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. Now, we, this is something that we already know. God is the source and creator of life. For as there is no life apart from God. But what does it say in John chapter 1? Flip back to that real quick. Go back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word... Word is capitalized in my Bible. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in Him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. And who is being referred to by John here? None other than Jesus Christ. He was there in the beginning. He is the written, he is the living word that's being referred to by John in this passage. And of course, if you continue in John chapter 1, you'll see how John the Baptist is making a declaration for the coming Lord as well too. But John is writing specifically about Jesus here in his first five verses. And so we want to recognize that that's important for us to see here. The life in us is a gift from Him. A gift from God. Let's look at some scriptures, shall we? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'll give you a little bit of a workout here. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 
What a great passage this is. <laughs> I look at this again, I'm like, wow. Love the Lord your God, obey Him, and remain faithful to Him. For He is your life. And He will prolong your life in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is your life. The life that you have comes from Him. He has given you life. Jesus needs to be spoken of in the same way that we speak about God the Father because He is the one who knows all about you. He created you. Let's look at another one. Psalm 36. Psalm 36. Let's see if we have some questions coming after we're done here. Psalm 36. Verse 9. For with you is life's fountain. In your light, we will see the light. Amen. Life's fountain. When you think of a fountain, what do you think of? A fountain is what? There's a flowing water. It's a constant flow of water. Well, we have energy. We have God gives us the ability to do what we do, to be able to live, right? That's what we have to see here. Jesus is eternally existent with God, the Creator, he is indeed the life. Here's one that I think we should uh, turn to real quick because we'll be getting to it later in the study. Go to John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. And this is going to be another one of those memory verses, by the way. John 14, 6. Of course, Thomas is asking a question. We don't know where we're going. How can we know the way? And, you know, when Thomas asked this question, it's like, you guys have been running around with Jesus now for how long? And you don't quite get it, do you? But we need to see that. That's not meant to be a, t a cut against Thomas or any of them. Jesus was an extraordinary person. No one like him before or after. And so there's a lot to process with Jesus. When we look at him, and we need to understand that about our own walk with the Lord. We didn't have it all together when we first became believers in Jesus. We had to learn a lot between that point and today. John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That should be a memory verse. Just so you're aware of that. And we live eternally... Because of what Jesus did. One more passage. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. There we go. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. 1 John 5 verse 11. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Where is the life from? In His Son. We have to make a declaration that Jesus is Lord of our lives in order for us to have eternal life. That's why I said it's more than just saying I follow God. I follow Jesus. Following Him is not a relationship. Following and you know, it ain't even stalking. It's not, it's not even close, right? Because when we follow someone, we want to make sure, we, we want to see what's happening with them, if it's okay to, you know, if something's going on. But it's not a relationship. It's not a relationship. So we want to have an understanding that Jesus is all about our eternal life. God has given us eternal life and that is His life. And this life is in His Son. It comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's look at verse, go back to John chapter 5, verse 27. Now here's where we're going to throw down the gauntlet here. That's what Jesus is doing for the sake of this conversation. 
He's referring to the Father. It says in, in verse 27, And He has given Him authority to judge everyone because He is the Son of Man. One of Pastor Gus's messages has been talking about, and will be talking about if he hasn't already discussed it, about judgment. Judgment. Judgment is coming. And the Old Testament mentioned three times of the coming Messiah. And here in John, John shows that Jesus has fulfilled all three signs. All three signs. The authority to judge is given to him as the Son of Man. And the other comparison of that, go to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel 7. During the... uh, Bible reading plan. We I just went through Daniel. Daniel is one of those reads you got to go back over that more than once, just for clarity sometimes because it's heavy duty deep. It's deep stuff because of the imagery and what Daniel Daniel didn't even understand himself what he was looking at and had to ask for wisdom as he was going. Daniel chapter seven. Verse, verses 13 and 14. This is Daniel speaking. I continued watching in the night visions and I saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was escorted before him. He was given authority to rule and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people nation and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. So, of course, later on, he'll be given an interpretation of this vision. But who is he referring to here? He's referring to Jesus Christ. This is Jesus that he's referring to, uh, especially in verse 14, we talk about the authority. This authority is being mentioned here in verse 27 of John chapter 5. And he has given him authority. Who gave him? God gave him the authority to judge every, everyone because he is the Son of Man. And what does it say here? One like a Son of Man in Daniel. Awesome stuff. Prophetic. Beautiful. Amazing. But here's what Daniel is being given as a vision. And he's relaying this information to us. And that's one reason just to love Scripture. Scripture, it just coincides. It just relates Old Testament, New Testament. The continuity is fascinating. If you really study it and look at it for what it is. Let's move on. The lame and sick are healed. We refer to that in John chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. But that's also in Isaiah 35. Take a look at that real quick. We've got to get moving here. Isaiah 35. And for the sake of time. Time is always a challenge every now and then. Isaiah 35, verse 6. Verse 6. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy for water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And that's following the passage that talks about God's retribution. He's going to save you. He's talking about his healing capacity. And you have to understand that he is a healer. He has always proclaimed himself to be a healer. I'm going to always pray for healing where it is applicable. Pray for my dad for over a year for healing and God granted the prayer. He granted the, the wish. He answered the prayer. He answered the prayer. He is a healer. And I'm glad that we even make a reference in the, in the alliance. Savior, sanctifier, healer, coming king. The reference to Jesus Christ. The dead are raised to life. That's in John chapter 5, verse 21, which we just read in verses 28. 
Go to Deuteronomy 32. Last one, because we're running out of time. Deuteronomy 32. There's other passages, but I'm just covering the ones that, frankly, are listed first here. Deuteronomy 32. Verse 39. And see now that I alone am He. There is no God but me. I bring death and I give life. I wound and I heal. No one can rescue anyone from my hand. Now, he's mentioning that about the dead being raised to life, but that shows the power and authority that Jesus has. And let's conclude the study here by reading verses 28 and 29 again. Don't be surprised. Don't be so surprised. (laughs) This is probably for people who are listening uh, in the uh, conversation. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. What does that say? Even those who have been evil, they're going to see their judgment. It's not like they're going to disappear. Even if you think about it, the, the, in the rich man and Lazarus passage in Luke, when it was being shared with him about the life that he had, you've got your reward. That's why you're in hell. So even he recognized the judgment that he had to experience. But all of us are going to experience a judgment. Of course, for believers, we have the judgment right before the throne of God in in the, the Bema Seat judgment. But there's also the great white throne judgment that comes for all those who did not believe. If your name is not in the book of life, you will be cast out, cast away, cast into that lake of fire. Jesus does not allow all unbelieving people to see death as the end of it all. Everybody who dies is going to receive judgment, whether you're a believer or not. And that probably should be, well, we're going to end there because that's the end of the passage, but we need to understand that Jesus is saying that he indeed is the authority. He is the authority that we need to recognize and pay attention to. Um it should give you pause. It should give you, make you think about who Jesus truly is. I pray that you seek after Him if you don't have a relationship with Him. If you don't know who He is, I pray that the Spirit will reveal Him to you and that you recognize who He is and that He indeed is good. We talk about judgment. We have to recognize, though, we're talking about a holy God. Holy God does not allow sin in His presence. A holy God forgives sin and recognize it because of the sacrifice on the cross that was done. But there is a judgment that's coming. Always remember that. Pray for those people that you know who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to study your word here in this classroom. Lord, we pray that you just bless us now. We pray that you just give wisdom and insight. And we pray, Lord, that we remember those people that we know who do not know you, do not have a relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that may we never stop thinking about those people and lift them up to you. And, Lord, you do what's necessary to bring them to where they have to be to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. Sometimes it's a tough thing to pray for, but sometimes that's what has to happen. But I thank you, Lord, that you do indeed answer prayer. You do respond to our prayers. May we always pray in earnest. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Sunday School this morning. Another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We'll be back next week for another edition. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you next time.